Welcome to episode two of the Impression Podcast, putting the motive in automotive. I'm delighted to be joined via telephone today by Richard Welland, Managing Director of WAI Global UK and IAAF Vice President. As the Managing Director of one of the UK's largest rotating electric suppliers, Richard has extensive experience in the automotive industry, presiding over mergers and acquisitions, and has a proven track record of growing each business he has ever worked in, managed and owned. Richard, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Mark. Let's get straight into it if we can. Um, I'm sure a lot of our listeners would like to know, and I certainly would like to know, how a leader like WAI in rotating electrics uh, goes to 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 being uh, the leader or the industry leader in the supply of personal protective equipment uh, to the automotive aftermarket. Well, it's a good question, and um, I haven't really got a, a straightforward answer other than in times of crisis, um, I think as, as business leaders, we have to step up and look at how we can diversify and keep our businesses alive. And when I was in the States um, in January at a, at a planning meeting, a leaders planning meeting, um, we were facing the, the issues with China. And I just started to think about, you know, the implications of, of this virus coming and hitting the UK and what on earth we were going to do uh, as a company or as a division of the global business to make sure we survived. And I always ask uh, people that we're, we're interviewing, I actually, I take them back to that time on, on March 23rd when the Prime Minister announced the lockdown measures. What, what goes through your, you know, as someone with extensive experience, what goes through your mind? I think we were, we were fairly well prepared as a business. I mean, WAI is, is, is a corporation, but it's still ultimately a family business. And prior to the, the 23rd, as you refer to, um, we were having sort of high-level meetings with the divisions looking at what we needed to do. And I think we took the, the relevant precautions um, to, to lay off staff and just look at it and say, you know, DEFCON basically, looking at mm. DEFCON 1 to 5. And we rehearsed it when we were in the States and it actually came to fruition. So I looked at the, the news, sat there and thought, well, it's not going to go away, so I've got to work my way through it. So it was a case of looking at the business, understanding the business, which I do inside out, and then just saying, so what do we need to do to cut the operating costs? Because our sales are absolutely going to plummet, if they, you know, or maybe stop completely. Mm-hmm. And I see that uh, in garage wire. Uh, for example, the um, the PPE equipment is one of the most read pages. Uh, the WAI, WAI PPE equipment is one of the most read uh, articles. So, how did you go about sort of bringing this this kit together? And um, uh, how did you sort of? I'm guessing you're using your supply chain expertise because of your relationships in the states, but also China, uh, to bring all this to to garages and motor factors in the aftermarket. Sure. I mean, basically, it came about because you could see that masks were going to be needed for our own staff. Um, China had already gone through the pandemic or had faced their own uh, struggles. And obviously, we employ a lot of people, over 300 people in China. And so we had experience of buying and sourcing the masks correctly. So I set about 
looking at well we'll we'll bring them into the uk initially it was for our staff and then it was our customers and making sure that you know we could just pass on something to the trade and some help the other thing that i wanted to do was give something back so i did with yourselves actually and other people um gave away products to ben and uh, care homes and hospices and various other places and and basically just wanted to try and provide a service um but at the same time be able to you know keep wai uk alive just run through for us what type of products you've brought into the market Okay, well, I looked at the the critical things, really, that on the news, it was, you know, nobody can escape the fact that masks, general PPE, so masks and sanitizer um, was, was an issue. So we were very fast to, to get that into place and really to contact our customers. We used our marketing expertise and our, and our links within the, the UK uh, IAM to basically spread the message that anybody that was... You know, we were at that point acting like other garages, etc. that we were a, a critical service. So I wanted to make sure that we had enough products to be able to supply our customers to protect their drivers um, and then in turn turn that into the trade. The, you know, you could have looked at various, lots of other different products, but I didn't suddenly want to become um, known for absolutely everything from gloves and mm. signage and all that stuff. I want to be specific on something that is a mask, a face covering um, and some sanitizer, which then led me to the vehicle sanitizer. When you look at those products, you're right in the sense that they are, uh, yes, they're very commonplace for everybody in the in the community, but motor factors and their warehouses and van drivers and garages and technicians who are working on vehicles every day. And we've seen this week the DVSA rules that have come out regarding what technicians need to do regarding each MOT. Um, You have geared your product right towards that uh, automotive aftermarket sector. So you've, you've very much stayed true to the roots there. Yeah, I think what we've tried to do is is I've looked at it and said, I want as many motor factors to be open and operation as they can. And in turn, they need to be helping as many garages as they can to be able to open. And when we were looking down the barrel of the gun at the end of March, which was, right guys, it's gonna be in shutdown. We decided very quickly to stay open. We have protective uh, equipment and we're gonna help other factors. And if if that can you know, carry on through the month of April to help people, then that's what we'll do. But it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a bit of everything. Yes, it helped us stay alive, but it also kept our staff. We brought people back off a of furlough with it. Um, but it's also played a key role within the aftermarket. And I have to say, I've not had any criticism for, you know, jumping on the bandwagon or mm. whatever else it is, because I think we did it straight away. We yeah. did it unselfishly. And we did it as a part of, look, we have experience in China. We know which factories to buy from. Um, You know, you can buy you can buy masks from companies that make made toilet rolls last week. And this week they make making masks. Mm. But we know with our experience and our staff that the companies we should be talking to that are government approved. And that's what we did. Tell us about that, the, the, the WAI vehicle sanitizer kit, because that's been everywhere, as, as we've seen in the media. Um, 
And if, I, if I'm correct, you've sold or distributed over 2,000 kits now to garages and obviously motor factors. Uh, do, you, do you think the, the pandemic has almost brought the best out of WAI as well in the, in the, in, in the right sense? When you're sitting in a situation where your largest customers have furloughed all their staff and they've closed all their sites, and I want to take care of my staff in the UK, myself, my family, but also the wider operation of WAI, you know, I have to play my role. I'm a leader of, of the business in the UK and I'm sitting there looking around thinking, you know, there's a there's a van company opposite me called Bogner Motors. And they, they the owner said, I've just had to basically furlough all my vehicles um, and, you know, nobody wants to drive them. So I was I was contemplating how could I do something which would, again, help the industry, but also help WAI. Um, and so the vehicle sanitizing came about by come, coming across a product called Steri 7 um, with a colleague, friend, somebody that I knew from many, many years ago. And they were using it for, within the NHS. So it's a high-grade product which is used in uh, food preparation and by uh, the Blue Light Services currently. And so I started to sort of piece together in my mind, how could I adapt that to vehicles? Mm -hmm. um, so then put together a kit, which consisted of uh, the solution, a ready-to-use solution, a sprayer and masks and cloth, et cetera, et cetera. And started to talk to some factors and said, look, what do you think of this? And, you know, some of my earliest sales on it were sort of at the, I reckon, the second week in April. And, and then we ran out of the fluid because the NHS um, comes as a priority. Mm -hmm. We resolved that issue and we were absolutely inundated. You know, from the largest factors to the smallest factors, we've had, um, you know, overwhelming praise. Um, we posted videos where a garage has produced their own video using the solution and, and actually saying, commenting that this, this has enabled us to open. It makes people feel safe that their cars are clean, sanitized. And the difference with our product is that it keeps regenerating mm. for seven days. And I guess that's the, uh, in addition to the, the, the motor factors and the, the, the garages and our own trade, we have the motorists to consider who might not feel comfortable going into a garage and allowing other people inside the, the, the you know, the, the cabin or um, touching the vehicle. So uh, it, it's essential that uh, garages are able to trade safely, but also promote that further to, uh, to, their, to their customers. Precisely. And I think it's the it's the fact that we got contacted by garages and, and even my parents, for instance, you know, what my mum wanted her car, MOTs, um, but was very um, conscious that she didn't want just anybody in it. When, once I'd launched the sanitizer, she was happy to have it taken away and get it serviced. And I think we've seen that time and time again. And it's being it's being used properly. Um, garages are crediting it. So it's not just us or me selling it as a product it is it's genuine it works and we've had many many reorders 
Um, the last time I spoke to you, we'd done 2,000 kits. We've trebled that now. Wow. So we are we are really moving with this. And the other product, the other thing of this product is it's not limited to to just cars. It can be in trucks. It can be in uh, taxis. It can be in ambulances. You know, it, it can be an awful lot of things. Um, and it's helping people get back, helping businesses. Uh, and for, for a fairly low cost per vehicle, it's giving peace of mind. Mm. And I think that's, you know, that, that's the real strength of what we've achieved. It's given a reason for garages um, to say to people that we can do this and we can prove it with the sticker that's on the vehicle afterwards. It's given something else, frankly, for motor factors to go in and present to, to garages to, to bring them back. Um, so I think there are, there are a lot of strengths to it. And I believe that, you know, this virus is going to be around for a long, long time in some, some format or other. And everybody, social distancing and sanitizing, cleaning is, is going to be of utmost importance. So I think um, what we've created, um, and I must credit the support that I have from the US, my CEO, Ryan Mal, um, the US are always very conscious about things like liquids, but believed in what I was saying and has seen the results now. And, and you know, the company has been very supportive in helping me build what we've got today. And uh, now we're seeing the results. So it's, it's helped a lot of people. And I'd like to think we can look back at this time and say we did put something back into the marketplace when it needed it. And you think that you will continue to supply PPE and now that you've uh, established yourself, it's something that will not be uh, the, the mainstay, obviously, with the auto electrical equipment, but it'll be something that you'll still be able to offer for probably many years to come? Yeah, I mean, look, this, let's just look at... Uh, at the end of the day, I'm somebody that is, this is the type of thing I enjoy doing, creativity, coming to market with new things. And as long as people need it, then we will supply it. You know, we've got a, we've, we've set it up well, we've got a good team. Um, I have to say that, you know, we've, we've worked tirelessly for the last uh, two months, as a lot of other companies have. But, you know, I've got a team of seven people that have turned magic, really, mm. because we've 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 worked weekends because in garages and motor factors are now relying on. Well, can you make sure you send the product out to us? So we've had to work very hard. And in, at sometimes I have said I've created a little bit of a monster, but um, it's a good thing. Mm. And I'm very happy with the results. And I'm I'm just happy that people are feeling comfortable and safe. Um, in this time of uncertainty, with that 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 level of creativity, should we be looking out for for more products then in the future from you? As uh, as we know, this the, the pandemic so far it has we've gone through stages um, and different things have been required at different times and uh, you know from face masks to face coverings to the sanitizer kits. Are there new products on the horizon that we should look out for or, or possibly need as an industry? I think it's one of those things, Mark, that, that is if there's a need and, that, and it's something that we can help with, then then why not? But, you know, we're not suddenly diversifying out of rotating electrics. This, these are our core products. But let's go back to March. We were in a pandemic. Ninety five percent of our customer base was shut. Mm -hmm. and we needed to do something. And as a result, it's come out. It's helped people. It's helped us. And we will continue to supply the motor factors 
for as long as that demand is there. And if there's something new that comes along that's relevant, then, yeah, of course, we'll look at it. And uh, I'm going to ask you about the rotating because uh, I guess the, the one is related to the other because if people are much more comfortable and confident trading, then you, you might see, a, obviously, sales of rotating electrics increasing and obviously other components. So tell us a little bit about um, how the rotating side has, has, has progressed over the last couple of weeks. So, so during April, obviously, it was a the first couple of weeks. I think that you know the story is the same with most people, that it was you know pretty dire, and because frankly garages were shut and so were motor factors, but we still were trickling through. Mm. Um, I think what the PPE has done in the kits is has opened up doors with new customers, customers that I've talked to and never supplied in 20 years that I've been in the business, 25 years. Right. So it's. It's definitely created some interest in 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 the brand. Um, I think the more important thing is that we've now established a route um, with the garage. So garages are our really our end customer. Mm. They're, they're the person that the motor factor needs to know who WAI are. And definitely through this process, um, WAI is being mentioned a lot in the press. And and I think. You know, there's credit given to the company for what we've achieved, and so we've established relationships now with with the trade, and with some new customers. And is that one of the great things you've learned through this? Is that WAI perhaps needed that greater dialogue with with independent garages? Um, I know obviously everything is is through the motor factor, but uh, how important is it to have that dialogue with the users of your product? I think. It's just making sure that the garage is not, you know, it's not just, oh, well, they're there and they'll buy our products. I think they need to understand who we are. And any press, people will then look up and say, oh, WAI, I have seen the name. Um, you know, let's not forget WAI brand is still relatively new. It's less than sort of six, seven years in the UK mm-hmm. as a brand. But we've done a tremendous job in, in getting our name out there and becoming, you know, the UK's number one on that product line. Throughout the last couple of weeks, our factors have have returned not to the levels they were, but certainly hugely increasing. Um, And as a result, we've been bringing staff back off furlough so that we can continue with all the products that we sell. So, you know, in summary, it's been a tough phase. Um, At some points, it's been, you know, really, really hard, Um, but it's been enjoyable. I've got a fantastic team. Uh, here in the UK, and I've got a wonderful team that support me um, as our owners in in the US. What do you think the wider market implications will be uh, with with COVID nineteen and the automotive aftermarket? I mean, are we? Is our industry, like many industries, changed forever in terms of how we transact, how we do business? I think it has to be. Um, with so many people furloughed, with so many people. Um, stuck at home and reviewing their businesses. I mean, I I feel so much for the you know, the retail industry and the entertainment industry where they have just forced to close. Mm. You know, we have been fortunate in the aftermarket independence that you know we're seen as a critical uh, part of the business. So we've we've been able to stay open, and I feel that really is where our duty is to come up with things and make it work. Um, but the companies that have had to close and go out of business, I feel for. Um, but I think in our industry, 
distribution will change. I think there's going to be a lot of change from how many do we need to go to garages as many times as we did? Do we need as many locations? Mm. You know, I just think it, it, it's kind of stripping out um, things that we've got used to in the last 10 years, bringing it back to basics and saying, what do we actually need to do? And I think that goes right the way through the supply chain, manufacturing, uh, distribution, and factoring, you know, the, the whole lot, everybody will be looking at their businesses and saying, we don't know whether the volume will come back to as strong as it was, and we don't know when. So we're all going to have to be very careful in the way that we manage our businesses over the short, medium term. I think when we face something which we've never faced before in any of our lifetimes, then we suddenly start to say, well, we have to cut things back. And I think people will be looking at their businesses and saying, well, we've managed with this. Can we manage with less going forward? Uh, and I think that's that's going to be the case right across the industry. And, and I, I don't know. I'm not. I've got a crystal ball. But I think, you know, we've all learned large lessons and costs and um, the experience that people have got. They will put all those things together. And I think it will... It will make a better industry. I think it will be a little bit fairer and competition-wise. I think the, the small guys and the big guys will, you know, level it out a little bit. But um, yeah, I think there's there's definitely going to be changes. Plenty of, of, of food for thought there, and I think you're right. I think we're going to. Uh, uh, as the nature of our market we're going to see uh, and it might not necessarily be of our um uh, doing but it's it's there's going to be a number of of, of changes to uh, to affect the market going forward um is there anything that you richard welland has has missed personally that you've in, you, you used to enjoy doing but you haven't uh done yeah i think i think my day-to-day -day life you know, I watched my family. My son wasn't able to take his, his exams um, this year and, and my wife having to close down her business temporarily. Um, and all of that, they've, they've gone through some real hardships. My biggest thing is working in a warehouse and, you know, having some camaraderie with, with the guys in, in, you know, down on the shop floor, which is absolutely great. I think the thing that I've probably missed is the interaction uh, with customers, you know, I am a, a social person for whether it be IAAF or, you know, just industry meetings or just going and seeing customers. There is nothing that replaces face-to-face -face meetings at certain level. I'm in all favour of the Zoom meetings and the platforms that we've all got to, to use over the last couple of months. But, yeah, I would say from a work point of view, um, I miss that element of you know going and seeing people and talking through things and 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 doing deals but it does show that when you can't do it then there are other ways mm, there there are always other ways and just a quick note about IWF because uh, obviously your your role as vice president and uh, previously honorary treasurer they've been very active haven't they they've um, yeah. they they're up they they their e-bulletins are going out regularly uh, they're sending out a lot of content i know of a lot of businesses that that had the the letter that the IWF produced to protect their staff because there were checkpoints in the early days and asking people why they were moving around so um, just a word for them if that's okay 
Yeah, I, th- I think the team has, has worked tirelessly. Wendy, <clears throat> Mike, Anne, Terry, Lawrence, you know, everybody. We've we've had a lot of meetings behind the scenes. We've talked about issues. We've, we've had Zoom meetings and we, we've carried on as normal. Um, and, and really what we've said is we can't just shut down the IAAF offices and not do anything. We have a responsibility. And actually, this is when you see what the IAAF is worth. Mm. You know, we are campaigning things. We are researching um, and understanding what is viable for a company or what they could do from the government schemes, etc. So, yeah, I think we've we've shown our uh, worth as far as an IAAF that uh, if you want the information, we've got it and we are we are sending it out on a weekly basis. What advice would you give to to others, um, given what you've learned in the last two months? I think the biggest advice is is the strength of your team, the the ability to change your business very fast. You know, a lot of business leaders will have, as I have, been on courses and over over years. But it's actually when it when something happens that it hits you in the face and you suddenly realize that the order book's dried up, what are you going to do? And I think understanding your business inside out, understanding your costs, uh, being very close to your customers and having a very good name in the industry will count for a lot because then when you go and talk to people, whether it be a a garage, a factor, a customer, whatever your position, then knowledge, experience, um, and also being there I think it's counted that, you know, I haven't been at home. I've been I've been in the office every day, um, as have a lot of our customers, large customers. Mm. And and I think that counts for a lot is just work with a team and they'll stand by you and uh, and you'll work it out. If you work hard and you put your mind to it, things can be worked out and you can come out the other side and say, okay, it wasn't perfect. Mm. But it certainly wasn't as bad as it could have been. No, that's excellent advice. And uh, I think it's okay for business owners and businesses to to change their mind as well. Um, I I think we make a big thing about people changing their minds, almost doing U-turns. I think sometimes... You know there are no rules with this. We have to be able to to uh, to move quickly, as you said, and actually change our mind if we need to, change our business direction if we need to. Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. Richard, thank you very much for your time. It's been absolutely incredible. Um, thank you for being part of the Impression Podcast. Good afternoon. Thank you very much, Mark, and thank you for all your help and support. Thank you. Bye bye. Cheers. Bye bye. That was episode two of the Impression Communications podcast, putting the motive in automotive. Thank you to everyone for listening and subscribing to our podcast. You can go on the Apple iTunes app or Spotify and download previous podcasts. And I'll speak to you next Monday. Thanks very much. Bye-bye.